Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Ben Reckley is directly across from me. He's one of the co-owners of a fine local business that's, uh, what do they call it, social distancing and working from home. And So welcome aboard, sir. And here is the nitrous oxide. You're going to turn off the the nitrous. Uh, You need a key for that. I do not have that. There's like a little cotter key that goes in there. I don't have it. So you just get regular oxygen today. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. We're going to start out talking to U.S. Senator Pat Toomey, who is on the line now. Good morning, Senator. Thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. U.S. Senator Pat Toomey on the Senate Finance Committee and also now on the Congressional Oversight Committee that's going to be overseeing the proper spending of a couple to $2 trillion that are going to help get us out of this. And he's also uh, has uh, started the Opening Up America Again Congressional Group. So part of this comes with a new plan. So uh, tell us about your new plan, how it differs, and, and it all is a plan to get to uh, Pennsylvania restarted. Well, that's exactly right. So first, uh, I think it's important to remember why we shut down our economy and forbid people from earning a living and going to work and running and operating their small business. The reason we closed down our whole economy was really one reason, and that was to slow down the rate of transmission of this virus so that we wouldn't have so many people getting very sick very quickly all at once and thereby overwhelm our hospitals. And that was a completely understandable concern when we didn't know the path this virus would take. And so we closed our economy, and we pay a huge price for every day that the economy is closed. You know, businesses that just fail and will never come back, people that have lost their jobs and worry about whether they'll ever get their jobs back, elective health care procedures that are only elective in the sense of timing. They need to be done, including things like cancer screenings and knee replacements. So my point is, uh, it was understandable that we closed down the economy and started doing all this damage. But what has happened in recent, I don't know, the last week or two, is it's become completely clear that we are not going to overwhelm our hospitals now for a variety of reasons, including the fact that we shut down our economy. We've gotten over the hump, we've gotten past the peak, and we have hospital capacity all across the state. We have ICU capacity, we have ventilator capacity, we have huge increases in PPE. We need more, but it's being manufactured. We've had huge increases of tests. That needs, we need more of that, but that's being manufactured. My point is, since we have learned so much and we know how to limit the transmission of this virus through 
physical distance and, and wearing masks and washing hands, we can begin the process of selectively reopening the economy in areas where the virus is not prevalent and there's plenty of hospital capacity, as long as businesses that would be reopening will agree to, are able and willing to follow the protocols of the CDC to keep their workers safe and their employees safe. And there are some categories that, you know, they, they could comply with that uh, immediately. You know, Pennsylvania is one of only three states in the entire union that shut down outdoor construction. I mean, even New York never never ended all outdoor construction. And, and the reason the vast majority of states permitted outdoor construction is the obvious reason that it's relatively easy uh, for construction workers to maintain some separation from each other. If you add a mask to that uh, separation, the risk of transmitting the virus is negligible. And, and so that's an example of the kind of thing that we could move quickly on. Anyway, what I did in my report is lay out a series of suggestions, how we could look at the criteria for deciding that a county or a region ought to be able to reopen, and then what does a business have to do um, my suggestion is we do this in phases. In phase one, even an area that has very, very little prevalence of the virus, I wouldn't recommend that we open up sports arenas or nightclubs. I mean, areas, they open businesses by their nature where people are uh, together in very close proximity, that's, that's too risky at this point. But what we could do is look at businesses that can maintain the safety protocols, um, and they can do so in a safe region, it's time we allow people to, uh, you know, to get back to earning a living. You described some cooperation with the governor and that uh, perhaps you're influencing him and uh, he may have some influence uh, on you. How did that happen? Well, he doesn't even well, talk to I, Jay Koska. I'm not claiming to have influenced the governor. I, I don't make any such claim. I, I, I will simply say, and, and I have said, I mean, I've spoken with the governor many times, during the course of this crisis about a variety of aspects of what we're going through and the federal response and things like that. And I told him that I was developing uh, my own plan for how we could uh, begin the process of safely reopening the state. And I told him that uh, I intend this plan to be a series of constructive suggestions. I mean, the fact is, the governor is going to make this call to a very large degree. It was the governor who shut down the economy uh, sequentially different areas of the state but ended up shutting it all down and you know under our system it's a governor who's going to uh, reopen it but as a senator who's responsible for representing Pennsylvania and Washington and Washington as you know has passed just monumental legislation to deal with this uh, you know obviously uh, I have a point of view and I, I feel like I have a responsibility to lay out the case that I think is best for Pennsylvania. And so that's what I've done, and I think the governor sees it as uh, the series of suggestions that it's meant to be. Senator Ben Reichley here. Uh, certainly appreciate uh, your information and uh, and your your role you're playing in, this, in the Senate. Uh, question about, you just hit on, the overestimation of the health care facilities. Were the, were the models that we saw early on, which led to the potential of uh, overrunning and, and uh, uh, taxing our, our health care systems. Those adjustments, will those hopefully be helpful going into the fall and winter of next year? 
Well, I, I assume the models are going to get better and better. Look, the models have been systematically off in the sense that when they, uh, e- even after taking into account the social distancing, the closed economy, and all the other things that were happening, they dramatically overestimated the utilization of our healthcare system, the illness that would be prevalent. So they were, they turned out to be uh, mistaken in that regard, but this is their first time through. I, we shouldn't expect them to be exactly right. So we don't know exactly what's coming uh, in the fall, but here's what we do know. Every single day that goes by, we're in a stronger position to fight and beat this virus. Do you think about every meaningful metric, every one of them is getting better. We, first and foremost, we understand this virus much better today than we did two months ago, and we'll understand it better in September than we do today. We know the biology of it better. We will continue to learn about how it's transmitted. Um, We're developing therapies. We have uh, multiple medicines that are in trial. I think some of them are likely to be pretty effective. Don't know exactly how effective, don't know exactly how soon, but we're only going to get better at figuring out how to treat this thing. We've got more capacity because we've figured out how to develop the ability to surge space in our hospitals. We've got, as I mentioned earlier, we've got much more personal protective equipment. We've got more testing capacity. Soon we're going to have the ability on a widespread basis to test and find out who has already been exposed to this virus so that we'll find out you know, who's, no, who's immune. So, so by all of these measures, every day we're, we're, we're better able, we're stronger, we're more likely to minimize the incidence of infection and then help people through if they are infected. That will be even more the case in the fall. So while the virus may reemerge, that's entirely possible that we have a, a bit of a lull in the summer and maybe there's a, we, we don't know even that, but it could happen. Senator, but if it does, we're going to be in a stronger position to fight it. Senator, can you give us an idea of how the Oversight Commission will work? I know it's somewhat new, but, you know, what will be the template uh, do you see as the oversight uh, committee? You know, would, how will oversight have uh, has some teeth to it? Yeah, well, uh, there's oversight's going to occur at several in several ways. So, what, first of all, what we're talking about is oversight of one big category of the federal of federal programs, and that's the lending that's being made available to big business. You know, for small business, uh, the government is making loans that don't have to be paid back. So they're really grants, as long as the money is spent on payroll and premises. But big business doesn't get that deal. Business, Big business gets loans that they do have to pay back. Uh, but the, um, the criteria for who gets the loan, how it's being administered, make sure that the money is, is uh, lent fairly, that there isn't favoritism, that the terms of the loan are properly um, administered, that the law is followed, all of these things are in the domain of our commission to be overseeing, to make sure that this is being carried out as the legislation intended for it to be carried out. So some of this work will be done by the commission. Some of it will be done by the banking committee, and I'm a member of the banking committee, so this is kind of my wheelhouse uh, you know, either way. But uh, we've stood up a um, literally multi-trillion dollar lending program. We've never done anything like this in the history of the country. And I think it makes sense to have a commission responsible for overseeing this so that taxpayers know that this unprecedented step 
is being carried out properly. Now, you've been named to a bipartisan task force charged with assisting the president to get the economy uh, going again. Uh, describe how you'll work with the president. I mean, we sort of see the push-me-pull-you that takes place on the stage each day. Uh, how will you give him advice? Uh, sort of describe what's going to happen with that task force. So uh, this, uh, I, I think this is a very informal structure that the president has created. I think the president was looking for input from senators, uh, across, really, there are Democrats and Republicans. It's across the ideological spectrum. It's across the country. I think he was looking for a wide range of points of view and uh, ideas about how uh, we would go about opening. You know, the president's very—he's uh, very, very responsive to me. I can get through to the president whenever I need to, and he listens to what I have to say. Doesn't always agree, but but he listens, and. Uh, He's very interested in reopening the economy uh, as soon as we can do that safely. And uh, my last conversation with him was how how much variation there is, even within a single state. I mean, in Pennsylvania, we've got county after county along, say, our north-central border, um, where there is extremely low frequency, very, very low incidence of the virus, and very, very few fatalities in some counties, Single, low single-digit fatalities. Um, and then we've got Philadelphia and Lehigh counties where the incidence is much, much higher. Well, it makes sense to have a different approach in those different regions. And uh, the president and I had a good conversation about that, and, and, by, and he fully supports the idea that we can move, um, you know, more uh, expeditiously in the, in the counties that have uh, been relatively spared. And we've got to be more cautious in the counties where there's still a pretty high prevalence. What happens to your Pennsylvania Starts Up Safely plan now? What happens to implement that plan? Well, you know, I, I, it's not my responsibility to implement that. As I say, that's really the governor's call. But what I think it can do is it can contribute to a public conversation about this. Let's have a public discussion. Uh, governor Wolf unveiled a plan on, I think it was Wednesday evening. Um, there are some similarities between our two plans. Uh, there are some differences. And we've never been through this before, right? Nobody has a plan on the shelf of how you proceed from A to Z in reopening an economy that the government has closed. Because the government's never closed an economy before, right? So, so because this is all brand new for all of us, I think it's a healthy thing to have a robust public discussion. Um, I'm sure there will be people will have constructive criticism about my ideas, uh, as, as people have about the governor's. And by having this discussion, we'll hopefully iterate our way to what's best for Pennsylvania. Senator, do you see the role, the federal government's role in the testing coming ahead to provide for the, not just Pennsylvania, but uh, the states uh, in general, and what the testing procedures will be and, and streamlining those, making those more efficient, and the different levels of testing, uh, you know, two, three, four weeks down the road, will we, we have a, a real handle on that? Well, I think, again, because there are such different circumstances from state to state, the federal government shouldn't establish a single uniform uh, set of procedures and protocols around testing. But what we can do and what we have done is provide a tremendous amount of resources to cover the cost of all this testing. So you may have seen that just this week we passed legislation in the Senate. I think the House passed it yesterday. And the legislation is meant um, to replenish the funds that were fully exhausted for the small business lending slash grant program, but it also included $25 billion for additional testing. 
And I, I think the optimal thing to do here is, is for the CDC and the Health and Human Services Department in Washington to make suggestions, to lay out guidelines. Um, the FDA approves tests. That's, that's it's a necessary part of the process to make sure the test actually works. But then let's leave it to the states to decide how you allocate these, uh, what, do, what do you stockpile, when do you surge uh, a whole lot of testing capacity into a particular region. I, I'm looking forward to the day when we've got universal testing. Everybody can have a, uh, a, a little a little swab to put on their tongue and they pull it out of their mouth and, and you know whether you have the virus or not. Uh, I'm looking forward to when the, the blood test is a ping, pinprick and within minutes you can determine whether you are immune to this virus or not because you're already exposed to it. Uh, this, we're not there yet, but we're going to get we're going to get to those places. The federal government will help fund that. Uh, Senator, your thoughts and opinions on how the private sector, how the administration got the private sector involved in this, and I, I personally think it's uh, sort of an untold story at times, but the, the private sector stepping up before the president had to enact, and I, I think that's a real real positive from a standpoint where businesses saw the need, and, and as entrepreneurs do, they, they tried to uh, assist and help in that need. Yeah, there's there's no question. that That is going to be a big part of this story as we as we get past this and we look back the companies that just all on their own shifted production entirely from whatever they were making to masks and gowns and gloves. Companies, that, in, big industrial companies, have never made a ventilator in their lives, but they switched and now they're making ventilators. Uh, companies that are donating food and and sanitize, uh, hand sanitizers and all kinds of uh, stories. And the innovation that's happening in uh, medicine and vaccines. I mean, the number of Pennsylvania companies that have come up with very promising prospects for both therapeutic medicines and vaccines, just in Pennsylvania alone, is amazing. Uh, when you think about across the whole country, this is part of the reason why I'm, I feel very confident that our capabilities are just getting better by the day. And that's, that's how and why we're going to beat this thing. Okay, three quickies here. This is the lightning round. One of our listeners sends a note, says the uh, IRS site that lets you check your information on getting your refund isn't working, or not a refund, uh, getting your stimulus check if you use TurboTax or file directly through H&R Block or something. Are you familiar with that, and are you familiar with fixes that are underway? Uh, I am not, so let, let us look into uh, what's going wrong with that feature. I would All right, I'll forward that question to your office. Uh, sports, Thanks. are we going to have high school, college, and pro sports this summer and this fall? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so uh, I am very hopeful that come the fall we'll be able to resume an ordinary academic year for all levels of education, I hope. I, right. I, I can't guarantee it by any means. I'll but I really think we probably will be in that position. I hope so. That's Roger Haddon's question. I'll forward that to your office as well, so you'll get, you'll get that <laughs> in the office. And uh, finally, uh, every time somebody in Harrisburg talks about our next governor, they say Josh Shapiro, but the, on the other side of the aisle, they say uh, Pat Toomey. What's your reaction to this? Folks are talking about you as a maybe next governor. Uh, I, yeah, well, let me just tell you, I, uh, I am not focused on that at all. I have been, uh, these last few months, I've been as busy as I've ever been in the United States Senate. Um, I love my job. I love the work I do for the people of Pennsylvania. 
and um, 2022 is a long way away in my book, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll make decisions about my own political future uh, further down the road. Well, Senator, can I ask you this? So, are, are you still flying? You, you still have your pilot's license, and you're still able to you get know, out and fly? So, uh, I haven't been doing much flying lately. You know, the thing is, it's a little peculiar. A pilot's license sort of never expires. Only what expires is uh, whether you're current, whether your skills are sharp, and whether you've been flying enough. And I am not, because I haven't flown in a long time. But the great thing about it is, with some training and uh, and, and some flight hours, you can you can get back to flying mode uh, at some point. So I haven't had a chance to do fly much flying for the last, really for about a year now. Uh, but I do hope to get back to it at some point. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you so much. We very much appreciate your time. Do keep in touch. Uh, let us know if you need to get more information out about the plan and how to get it implemented. It's a little bit more aggressive than the governor's, but uh, it certainly sounds like it's obviously based on sound policy and science. Thank you so much, Senator Toomey. Thank you, Senator. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. U.S. Senator Pat Toomey on the news line. Uh, we'll have a brief moment of open phones coming up. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Uh, you can find out lots more about them at sunburymotors.com including now up in the upper right hand corner and they have a shopping cart <laughs> there so you can look at all the vehicles. they got hundreds of pre-owned perfect vehicles on the lots and uh, hundreds of brand new Fords, Hyundais, Kias and Lincolns. So you can click on one of those, look on it and then uh, it'll say in the lower right hand corner buy now and guess what? The little number one will go up in your shopping cart. You can go up there look at that start to converse with them emailically about a trade and making sure that that uh, an online purchase can take place. And uh, at some point, you're going to be headed down to the Sunbury Motor Company. Your vehicle will have the keys in it, ready to go. You'll drive away, drop off your car. Uh, no handshakes, no elbow bumps, but uh, you'll get an opportunity for you to uh, make sure that the Sunbury Motor Company does no. whatever it takes to take they'll, good care of you. They'll bring it to you. <laughs> they'll bring it they'll to your house. Yeah, why you. not? You can come yeah. out and you can get Pick it. up your car. Do you have your shopping cart has your Ranger and then that <laughs> red convertible? It does. They're both up okay, there. Good. And my lovely bride looked at that and says, why does it say two? I see the Ranger. Well, this was your idea, the Mustang. I, I think she's warming up. I think you in April rolling out of Sunbury Motors parking lot with I, that convertible down. I bought we'll, her one we'll of those. We'll set hands. a trend. You know what? That will be part of the healing. Mm. From this virus, <laughs> you two driving two down new cars Fourth Street in, the in that uh, in that convertible. Well, and I bought her one of those ba flowery bandanas that she's going to wear when the top's down, and we're going down the road, so and hold her hair down. So Jeez, that sounds like a Pacific Highway <laughs> drive. Moment. We're headed west. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. If you wish to text us, text us at 70236. Uh, that's our Text Connect system. you have any observations about the uh, words of U.S. Senator Pat Toomey, has got a great plan. The PA Startup Safely plan is uh, it's the real deal. Very county-specific, too. So no, why not? Very practical. Why not? And, 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 and the frustration is, gr- is growing. And it's, a, it's very positive that these you know, people are standing up. Uh, this is... Uh, is the frustration growing? Mm-hmm. Very much, very much. What well, here? It's the hypocrisy. It's the double standard. It's a lack of transparency in what what was an essential business, what isn't. I mean, you know, here's a quick example: the governor. Okay, if you're going to to make, you know, you're going to go through and you're going to make these rules or suggest these rules strongly, you know, that Thursday, which I believe, let's look at the dates, was it March 12th, March 13th, uh, March 19th, 20th, in there, that Thursday, Friday time, he was supposed to come out one or two in the afternoon, he came out at five, then said shut down at eight o'clock, then it was going to be the next day, then you had to, you know, apply for a variance, and then there was businesses that were jumping around trying to keep into you know in, into production uh, particularly uh, what they thought were essential so the def- the lack of definitions the lack of criteria but if you're going to do that at least straighten it out it's taken weeks to straighten that out and there's a lot of frustration and the lack of transparency does nobody any good and the governor didn't help himself uh, him and his administration did not help themselves could have uh, utilized some folks in the legislature who volunteered you know exactly. declined to use uh, like i said jay costa says he hears the announcements on the radio the same time everybody how else bad does. Is that? he's a democrat so yes, how it's, bad not, is it's that? not partisan to him well well the situation also is how do you, how does New Jersey now? You're not going to say, and I think Senator Toomey talked about this very eloquently. Things are different. Okay, regions are different within Pennsylvania, within the states, within the United States, within the regional states. Middle sure. Look at Sullivan County. One test okay. positive up but, there. But look at New Jersey and and Maryland, Delaware. They were having construction. Why Pennsylvania shut their liquor stores down? And remember, there was a big run on liquor stores because they were going to shut down on a Tuesday, and people were packed in ahead there. of time. Construction, real estate, car sales, liquor sales. What what was the reason for those to be shut down? All right. Well, to be continued. Thank you. So much. Ben is our good co-host today. He's a fine local businessman, Republican committee person, and uh, he's he's owned more businesses than most of us. Uh, Just a fan of he's the forgotten about of more businesses than most of us will ever own. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings and welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Ben Reikley is across from me, Republican committee person, natural-born conservative. <laughs> He's a listener if there ever was one. Natural-born American. But you like to talk. Well, well some days. Certainly, uh, certainly try to put my two cents in and maybe it gets to three or four cents and a nickel. <laughs> some days you'll get to go to a fine local 
adult beverage establishment and no. enjoy social contacting and conferencing with other people. And also self-medicating. <laughs> well, I guess there's some of that going on in the world. Uh, on the Marcus, yeah, somebody put a meme up on Facebook. The next AA meeting is going to be a stadium full of people. Oh, boy. <laughs> because of the social pandemic. distance. On the Marcus, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Questions, observations, information. You have anything to pass along? Uh, you think uh, injecting Lysol or ammonia into your veins would help mm. you with the pandemic? You can uh, tell us about that. Hey, if you can stand on your head and it helps the pandemic, uh, probably go ahead, try it. Can't hurt. That's right. <laughs> That's what we interviewed an epidemiologist four weeks ago about face masks. And he had a long answer about droplets and gravity and mm-hmm. weight and air and wind. And finally, at the end, he said, ah, cloth mask, it can't hurt. So, <laughs> And next, what, a week well, later, we, we hey, had to wear wh- Why, you know, forget about this term, think outside the box. Folks, life is outside the box. <laughs> so think about anything. I mean, what, what could work? You, you see, work. hey, old wives' tales? Uh, you know, drink uh, garlic XYZ or use light. this or use that. I mean, you know, for goodness sakes, I said, you know, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you should throw out uh, all the remedies that uh, that might work. I mean, I hate to say that. I don't think my daughter would appreciate me pulling out an old bottle of castor oil and saying this so is only going to help. <laughs> so all anyway, right. but uh, no, uh, let's see what happens. We got some callers, but I uh, know uh, you want to talk about news headlines. That, uh, yeah, the special headline. Hey, good interview with Senator Toomey. He was very informative and uh, it was uh, I, I, you know, very positive for Pennsylvania to have a senator, a U.S. senator that uh, has a little uh, chutzpah down in Washington. Right, he's got a plan. He's the man with a plan. Uh, according to the State Department of Health, Northumberland County's up to 82 cases, but no other Valley County saw any additional increases in the number of COVID-19 uh, turnups on positive tests around here. Montour County remains at 47. Union is at 30 cases. Snyder at 31 cases of coronavirus. State Department of Health clarified that the north central Pennsylvania region with the State Department of Health almost always includes Snyder, Union, Northumberland, Montour, and Columbia County. Dr. Rachel Levine answering WKOK's question Mm -hmm. yesterday would not disclose which numbers go into our criteria to get our valley on the May 8th partial reopening list. We're going to be looking at this over time. We're talking about more than a week from now, so we're going to need to look at data as it's happening, and then we'll make those calculations. He said the case isn't just the metrics, but it's the availability of diagnostic testing, the capacity of the healthcare system to handle an increase of the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations and tests, and the ability to quickly identify and contain flare-ups of COVID-19 <laughs> in the valley. I think that's called the uh, CYA factor. Well, just make sure in case you're ready. you need it. <laughs> well, yeah, you probably will. Governor Tom Wolf uh, says, fortunately, construction can start up not on May 8th, but May 1st. We are working with the industry, which we have been for some time, to make sure that there are, are strict guidelines regarding safety, social distancing, wearing of masks. 
What are those? So all construction projects must maintain proper social distancing and provide hand washing and sanitizing stations for workers as well as cleaning and sanitizing protocols for high-risk transmission areas. They have to appoint a pandemic safety officer at each site and for commercial uh, residential or for, well at residential construction sites four individuals at the job site is the maximum non-residential sites it will depend on the size of the site Look, so that, and, that, and that gets to be absurd also what do you what do you mean four if if you're meeting the requirements Less and doing the stuff what well, yeah what, why would eight not be a number I mean, how about if you're meeting the criteria you could have 20 at a site, if you're doing what the other is supposed to be doing. And you know what? This should be April 27th. This doesn't need to be May 1st. Penn State University has announced for the third year in a row tuition may not go up in the fall. The university president says the proposed tuition would be frozen at about $70,000 annually for in-state students. That does not include housing, meals, books, other expenses, plus beer. The university also says it will adjust tuition for students this summer. League of Women Voters of the Lewisburg area encouraging Valley residents to register to vote for the June 2nd Pennsylvania spring primary election. Deadline to register to vote now is May 18th. They will come out with a voter's guide for Union County, the state, and the presidential race, so do pay attention for that. It'll be downloadable and printable. Uh, In case you're wondering how busy the state stores are, Pennsylvania state liquor stores have processed about 25,000 curbside orders uh, since Monday as uh, folks go back to the stores. Yeah, and that number should be 100,000. One or two phone lines going in, the frustration people are having. Talk to some folks who've tried it. It's not working, eh? Uh, It's working, but again, as government, they don't know what it should be. Like I said, it should be 100,000. They think they're satisfied with 25. Well, there's 75,000 X amount revenue that we're not getting, and how many folks have gone elsewhere, meaning out of state, to get their No, anybody near medication. out of state. And finally, after a presentation Thursday that touched on the disinfectants that can kill the novel coronavirus on surfaces uh, in the air, on the surfaces and in the air, President Trump pondered out loud whether those chemicals could be used to fight the virus inside the body. Uh, he said, uh, quote, I see the disinfectant that knocks it out in a minute, one minute, uh, during Thursday's press briefing, and is there a way we can do something like that by injecting it inside or almost a cleaning because you see it gets inside the lungs and it does a tremendous number on the lungs so it would be interesting to check that out that's when Deborah Burks about fell off her chair you do not inject no. Lysol or any other I think Deborah cleaners Brooks reached in her pocket but put one of those Mr. Yuck stickers on her uh, <laughs> yes yeah, uh, you know on, what? On why not think about it why not throw okay. what, what could work out there and shoot uh, the other thing is I'd I've not heard in the last couple uh, days about the University of Pittsburgh's testing. And remember, the uh, University of Pittsburgh was, was right, behind the, on uh, the polio vaccine. But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things going on. But, yeah, oh. I think that was a, probably a Mr. Yuck sticker uh, <laughs> yesterday. But we, on the other hand, throw it out and see what happens. But We, we uh, talked about it on Sunrise this week, UPMC's uh, vaccine protocols. 1-800-795-9565 is the number that Joseph called from Milton, PA. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. Why, yes, I had a question about the Surgeon General. The other day I was listening there to the briefing, and he was saying about the face mask. You know, there was this uh, controversy about wearing it, not wearing it, and so forth. And what he said, if I didn't misunderstand him, was that uh, wearing a face mask 
does not protect you from getting the virus, but it protects others from getting it if you're uh, if you have it. Okay. Now, my question is this: I'm not a microbiologist. I have no medical training whatsoever. I think I have good horse sense. Uh, why? I know doctors. When you go in for an operation, they'll put a face mask on. And now that isn't because. I'm sure that isn't because they are afraid catching something from you, but they don't want any bacteria from their mouth or their breathing to get into your open cavity when they're open operating on you. And I think that's reasonable, and I understand that. But now, my question is this. When these healthcare workers are working on corona patients, they wear face masks. And they were really crying because they didn't have face masks. And I understand that because they didn't want to catch it from the corona people that they were caring for. Now, the Surgeon General said that wearing a face mask does not protect you from the virus. I don't understand that. Do you, can you give me some clarity on that? Well, you have two types of face masks in the discussion, and I think that's part of this, is that you know, they're, when they're talking about healthcare workers, you're talking about the N95 masks that are a little bit better at catching everything and catching things that you expel, so it does protect uh, the patient from you if you're wearing an N95 mask, but it also protects you better from things that are in the air. You and I, the working class dogs of the world, we just wear cloth mask and its primary function is to protect others from anything we may be carrying so I think that would be part of it but you are right uh, they definitely won't let any droplet of that get on them at a hospital setting if, especially if they know for sure that that's the COVID ward uh, and but uh, wasn't but the, it does the, seem like there's sort of two schools of thought here isn't the mask well, I, part of the like equation though I mean you use the mask and you also wash your hands you also show so distance you do you know, the mask is part of the equation. Uh, if, I, if I can may insert this. Okay, if, it, if I have the, 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 corona, the corona and I put a mask on, uh, just a piece of cloth or, or an ordinary mask, and I, have, I do have an N95 myself. But anyhow, if I put a regular mask on and that protects you from getting it from me, well, why wouldn't that same mask protect me from getting it from you? I think it does help a little. Yeah, it's part of the equation, but also social distancing, uh, washing your hands, uh, you know, doing the things, you know, not not touching the the handrails when you walk into a. Uh, the, the, right, it's right. part of the whole equation, and, and again, I I I don't think there's one thing that is is going to stop this, but if you practice many of them, you lower the odds of getting it. Right, and or I think passing some, it some on. people are breathing through a cloth mask that has a dryer sheet or a couple of tissues or a paper towel, so they're really trying to hedge their bet that that mask does just a little bit more and gives them a little I bit more protection. I if they were saying about alcohol kills it instantly almost, uh, if you would have alcohol on your cloth mask. Uh, <laughs> I think you might pass out after a while. I don't know. Thank you hey, so much. No, 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 no other thoughts. No other thoughts. No other thoughts. I hate to do that. I, I, I got to get the next caller going here. Joseph, uh, please call back. You get another minute later. Bob, you're on the mark. Uh, mark, <laughs> Bob Garrett. How are you? Good. What's up, brother? Hey, um, first <laughs> off, let's start with really good news. I don't know if you've heard, but I got a phone call from Roger Goodell, and he's been looking at some of the um, some of the Juniata Eagle tapes from like the early 1980s, and he kept seeing this flash going back and forth up and down the field. And someone said, "What the heck? Who is that?" And they said, "Goodell, that is that's Ben Reichley." And and he said, "Hey, 
second round of the draft is coming, get me that guy's number. So, Ben, stay by the phone today. Hey, I carried the yeah. water and those towels for those players, and I tried to move as fast <laughs> as I can. But I will say yeah. this, in well, all you correctness... Know, you know, I tried to explain to him, you're only twice as old as, as uh, Tom Brady, so in Brady, in Brady careers, you're only at times two. So you're still available. Well, you Bob, hand rested and ready. I said. Did you hear the uh, CBS news at the end? Uh, oh. There was a group. Uh, the uh, the uh, gentleman talked about somebody uh, not being very nice in business, and they had to work for him. And the gentleman got fired because he was too old, too overweight, and not cool. So I don't hmm. think uh, with that criteria, I think I'd probably have to go to the seventh or eighth round. Oh, seventh or eighth. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was just thinking of that uh, meatloaf song. Two out of three ain't bad. Well, I, you know, you know, I, no one would say you're not cool. Well, except it, but it was yeah. the Junietta Indians at that time. But that's not why you okay. called, Bob. Yep. Give no, us some that, good economic thank, news. Thank you. That, thank you for that lifesaver there, uh, Mark. I know I can always depend on you. Hey, but seriously, I, I do want to just say that sort of as the as the reasoned voice of business, what I, I really think it's important that we get a message out. You know, the, the Chamber's going to be putting up a radio ad. We're going to be talking about this over and over again, that there's good news out there. You know, we are, uh, it looks like we're going to end up in the green, if you will. It takes you back to the old TSA days when we had all those color codes, right? Mm-hmm. But we're going to be in the green. We're currently in the yellow, but things are looking very good here. But this is no time for us to let down our guard. Wash your hands, as Ben was just saying. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Wear your mask. Cough into your elbow. All those things that we all learned to do in kindergarten are more important now than any time ever because we are right on the edge of being able to, to return to the path of prosperity in the greater Susquehanna Valley. I can tell you, Mark and Ben, and, and I think you know this too, a lot of businesses are hurting. Uh, they're really hurting here in the valley, and the sooner we can get them up and running when it's safe, uh, the better off we're all going to be. And right now is the time for us to stay focused uh, on the good messages that are coming, the, the good advice that's coming, so that we can get open and running again. So I just want to—I—I—I I know that that—I <laughs> know that that's right down the middle of the road. But if if folks can just just stay stick with the plan for a few more weeks, few maybe another month. We're going to be in good shape here in the greater Susquehanna Valley, better shape than any other place in the state, probably. And well, won't that be, uh, that's truly good news. Yeah, but Bob, one, one of the things that's interesting in talking to a number of business people, and, and of course you're on the phone with them, but, but the interesting part is when people say trickle down doesn't work, well, well, here's a very interesting standpoint. They build the bridge. They're tearing down the, the old PP&L power plant. Those folks are coming in construction crews, many of them come in from out of state, out of the area, stay at hotels, eat at restaurants, etc., etc. That is what's really interesting when you talk to business people in the lack of the governor understanding the tiers of commerce and what happens to make that work. So you have construction sites that have to bring crews in, they have to eat, they have to sleep, they have to buy supplies, and you know the trickle-down effect of what's happened. And I, I certainly believe there's no reason that construction couldn't start on Monday. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I think the best thing at this point, Ben, let's go with the data, 
Let's follow the data. Uh, uh, what you're talking about is multiplier effect. Yep. And we know that for every dollar spent on construction, particularly the large-scale construction, the two good examples you just gave, which were excellent examples, is spent seven times over. Uh, in the valley, and uh, and we're going to see a resurgence, and uh, we're going to be back to talking about labor shortages again by Labor Day. I'm I'm sure of it, but uh, but for now, Ben, we have to stay with the plan, stay with the there's a a, a road forward, a path forward has been uh, presented, and let's stick with it so that we can get into green and get back into business as soon as we possibly can. All right, I hey, hope one, so. One last thing. Uh, well, we got a caller waiting very one briefly. One last thing, so Mark, but. Um, you know, the President of the United States doesn't need me as his defender, but, uh, but I really think that people are they're, they're, uh, they're, they're having a, a heyday today with this, this thought about disinfectant. The best disinfectant that anybody can have is water. Drink lots of water, because that's how you're going to flush this, any germ, doesn't matter if it's coronavirus or, or uh, common cold. Drink lots of water. This is the time of year you remind people, stay hydrated. That's the best disinfectant you, uh, you can put in your body, and you don't have to worry about Mr. Yuck with that. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Bob. We'll see okay, you. In, be well. W- see will you we week. see you next Friday? Yeah, I'll be in Friday. And, Mark, what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, I'd really like to focus on some of the success stories here in the Valley. We All have right. several of them. I mean, more than several. We have lots of them. All right. Well, we'll put you in the tent, and we'll nice put you on the radio. Adjustment. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Appreciate okay. the call. Stand by, Billy. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience is the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Super duper glad uh, we got some open lines. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. Sign up for text connect at WKOK.com. And then you can text us at 70236. We'd love to uh, get two-way communication going with the text connect system with you. Billy, thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. Hey, let me make two quick comments on what's been said so far this morning before I get to the main reason for my call. First of all, I think the president's well-intended, but uh, probably having non-scientists brainstorm on live TV for the nation to watch is not the best idea, despite good intentions. Uh, Second comment is, in terms of this mask issue, I found it interesting. I was watching the uh, congressional debate, or maybe just comment period, I guess, uh, that the, uh, in the House of Representatives at the Capitol yesterday in Harrisburg, and I, 
no, no, no. In, the, in the D.C., Washington they were okay. voting to... Right. C-SPAN. Yep. Right. There were hearings at yeah. both locations. You can see them on, C- on C-SPAN if you are interested in watching that. Go ahead, Billy. Yes. But anyway, they... I was watching at the end when Democrats were coming up in rapid fire to the microphone, and it, it really illustrated some of the fallacy behind these masks, and maybe not even the fallacy as much as the non-uniform uh, adherence to the <laughs> to the recommendations. You'd have someone come up, they would reach up and touch their mask and their face to pull their mask down. Then they would reach over and touch the microphone to adjust it. Then they would talk. Then they would move the microphone again. Then they would touch their face and their mask again. Oops. So, you know, basically <laughs> the same microphone that every other rep has just touched in the last hour. Mm. They just keep touching it over and over and over again, and then all of them they're touching their face. I mean, they would have been better off to not even have masks at that point because they wouldn't have at least had to touch their face at the same proximity that they're touching this microphone so but that's not the reason for my call the reason for my call is to to illustrate with the personal story the ludicrousness of this waiver process by the governor so back in at the beginning of april the governor closed all the airbnbs across the state specifically because of uh, folks coming into Monroe County and the eastern part of the state from New York. And so one fell swoop, all Airbnbs closed. I helped a friend apply for a waiver because he had folks here in this in the Susquehanna Valley staying in his Airbnb units who were number one, health workers who didn't want to go home and expose their families. And number two, uh, family members from rural areas who's who had other family members in the local hospitals here and did not want to be cooped up in a hotel room while they did that. So we applied for the waiver process. Eight days later, and let me go back, in that waiver process, we outlined very specifically that we were talking about Airbnbs and why we needed to stay open. Eight days later, we received a response from the governor that our waiver was denied because we were part of residential construction. Here's the irony. Here's the okay. irony. We just got a letter this morning that said you're, you're allowed to open back up because the, on May 1st because the governor has reopened residential construction. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Somehow, somehow the Airbnb, an Airbnb owner in Susquehanna Valley got a waiver for Airbnbs because he was misclassified as as residential construction. Well, not unfortunately, it's it's, it's it's the whole process was ridiculous, and and again, this should this should come out, and the transparency is nil to none, and the inconsistencies, and that makes no sense. It, 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 you know, let's say uh, if you're going to err early on, make adjustments, but the the whole way this the governor did this, like I said, a Thursday came out 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, press conference got moved to 5 o'clock, said we're closing down at 8 o'clock. Oops, we'll close down at 8 o'clock on Friday. The, the, the whole thing was preposterous. And again, look at the other states. You take information back and forth. You, you know, this governor wants to make a, uh, a um, you know, work with these other states. Well, New Jersey had construction, liquor sales, real estate sales. 
uh, car sales. Uh, you know, what, what, what was the problem? And Pennsylvania has yeah. just uh, stumbled and fumbled and bumbled. Yeah, and we're still not getting answers. You know, these nope. the head of DCED and uh, was questioned yesterday in the state Senate about these inconsistencies and, and providing transparency on this process. And basically it's just like, yeah, we'll get it to you at some point, but we can't tell you when. Well, the cover is the governor's not running for re-election. That's his cover. I mean, he, he you know, what, what what's his concern? Yeah, he probably he has concerns for Pennsylvanians to a degree, but look at his base. Look at what job he might want to have after this. I mean, but th- th- this is just like I said, it just was not done properly. Now, yeah. he made an effort. I agree, but he didn't consult with the legislators. I mean, Kurt Mosser has made excellent points about this. Very frustrating yep. on Senator Gordner and Representative Mosser's points. If you don't mind, I'll ask well, you. I, say, oh, go ahead, please. I do think it's important to point out that our governor is a scientist. He has a Ph.D. in political science, so he should be regarded as an expert on science. Well, he certainly doesn't know anything about the opposition party because, uh, or, or it really anything about his own party. I mean, he's really missed the boat on this. And I think that's universal criticism. I don't think you're going to find anybody. I think you'll get Democrats that will vote on the Democratic side because they want to stick it to the Republicans. So they, you know, they don't want anybody to undermine the governor or vote against him. You know, so that's just politics. But uh, I don't think he, this is the most tone deaf I think any leader in the nation has ever been. You know, this idea of not having any sense. Here, you know, I know you're talking about your Airbnb. At least he could say, well, Union County had 30 people test positive. Up in Sullivan County, there's businesses up there that are shut down. They don't even know where that one case was. No one seems to know. And everybody knows everybody up there. And they right. they, they can't they can't reopen. And they got carved out of the north central region. Well, so what, again, what is up with that? Less than 200 people in our general area, our four-county area. And uh, supposedly the person in Snyder County who passed away, very unfortunate, was an older person who came from possibly New Jersey, New Jersey. or New York. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I mean, at some point, and that's the frustration people are having because they're seeing their businesses go down the drain. And it's damn frustrating right. when a governor is tone deaf. Well, and you have good leaders in Harrisburg who could help, but they're not being summoned, allowed, permitted, or uh, you know, they're given no voice uh, other than on the mark. Kurt Mosser is an excellent example because not only is he in leadership, he runs a business, and he runs a hospitality business. And if he can't, if, if his information doesn't doesn't reign with the governor in understanding this is what we're going through. This is what other thousands of other people are going through in the hospitality business. What is the problem, Governor? I mean, we're going to have eight years of sleepwalking by this governor for Pennsylvania. Four, yeah. year, four years. Well, no, no. His total term of eight years will oh, be okay. ridiculous. So it, we, Two more. We'll, we'll have a sleepwalking governor. Two more active years, but by then. Forget about Sleepy Joe. The Sleepy candidates Tom. will be running in 2020. Or 2022. Thank you so much, Billy. Really appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in today, and thanks for renewing your membership to On the Mark. I know you've been swamped at work for months here, so but I appreciate you uh, being a good listener. We'll have to bring you in as a guest co-host again, too. Sounds good, Mark. Thank you, have a you good sir. Weekend. Billy, our good uh, caller from Winfield. Quickie break. Callers waiting. We got more open lines. If you want to line them up, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at onthemarket at wkok dot com. 
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. we got one email ready to read, and we'll take more. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text us at 70236. Dale, thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, well, you know, we got three forms of government. We got federal government, state government, local government. I don't think the federal government really affects too many people unless you're a corporation or, you know, I have more than 500 employees. So I think the local government, state governments, now that the budgets are going to be really tight, I think they're going to try to micromanage everything. So you probably have to get a permit for a paintbrush, and you have to, you know, they're going to go to the extreme. So I just want to say that. I think everybody should be on board for this state to claim bankruptcy because if they don't, it's all going to come down to the blue-collar private sector companies. They're all going to be paying probably three three quarters of their, their income. So that's the only way it's going to be sustainable because they don't want to cut nothing. If you look from 2008 to where we got today, budgets went up like seven times the amount and the size of government went up about ten times the amount. So. Like I said, if they want to keep their expenditures, I think everybody needs to be on board on making this state claim bankruptcy because they're not making no moves on any cuts. All right. Well, we don't know if they're considering that. We'll have to ask the governor if he's considering I mean, bankruptcy every, at the next chance. You think, you think they're going to be, uh, I mean, you're not even going to be able to paint your steps. Without a, there's so a permit. Many, there's so many chiefs. I mean, really. It, it, they're already coming up with ideals. You just listen to them. So they, they shot themselves in the foot. And it ain't no sense on anybody bailing them out. I mean, we understand that a lot of people work in government, and they're probably good people and all like that. You understand? But, you know, what's feasible for the common man is what made, you know, America great. So I don't think everybody should be paying three-quarters of their income just, uh, you know, just for subsidized jobs. It just don't make sense. All right. We I mean, got you. We Thank you so much. In this global world, we need, it. We need to make some cuts. Well said. We are in a world of cheese. There is no doubt about that. So, all right. I appreciate that, Dale. Thank you very much. Bobby, you're on the mark. Yes. Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's like concerning the masks and like uh, safety issues, uh, of course, certain jobs and certain fields have had those for years. I mean, when you're in construction, when you're uh, uh, fixing a car with a welder, and when you work at the nuclear power plant, you know, it's, it makes common sense. And, and another point I want to make uh, quickly is uh, uh, treat like the virus and finding out what it is from being a troubleshooter all the years. Uh, you know, of course, we in Sunbury here, let alone anywhere else, treat our water chemically so we can drink it. I mean, it's hard water, it's balanced in the pH and something like that. So somewhere along the line when they're trying to come up with a cure or trying to come up with something that will help out, uh, they ought to try. They, they ought to think of the environment. I mean, political science is not real science. I mean, well, I'm talking so, uh, science, biology, chemistry, and physics, which all of us have to deal with, no matter where we're at in the world. So, just kind of focus. Uh, I think they should be focused more on that particular area rather than trying to get reelected. I, I mean, you know, we got to fix the problem somehow. And when you when you go to Sunbury Motors to get your car fixed, uh, they're gonna they're gonna fix it for you. <laughs> All right. Well, no argument there. That's their speciality. Mm-hmm. The quick lane right. is open. All right. Thank you so much, Bobby. Appreciate the call. We've got another caller coming in. Uh, one of our listeners uh, send us, us a note. Uh, put it right mm-hmm. over here where I can see it. If I were in charge or could give advice for the president's press conference, I would have the president come in, give an update, 
and whoever else needed to give an update could do so. Then questions would start in the upper right-hand seat. Each press person would then ask one question, make it a good question. It cannot be a repetitive question. If it was a repetitive question, a staff person would say, nope, we already answered that question. Next person, please. Then the president would leave after he answered these questions, and the vice president would be in charge. We now have, uh, we have to have, uh, we have to have something better than we have now. Cindy, you're on the mark. Uh, thank you for checking in. As usual, good morning, gentlemen. First, let me say good morning. <laughs> as, as usual, I watched the whole of the news conference Oh, you yesterday. didn't. Oh, you poor thing. No, I find it's, them highly informative. As I've said time and time again, because you hear from the scientists, un- varnished by the idiots that report on them. Pardon me for calling them that, but, you know, this is a good example here. So there was something uh, very important that came out in that uh, news conference yesterday, and it wasn't what the president said. But do you think that's getting any attention? No. No, because they just cannot wait to, you know, butcher this man for whatever. So instead of informing people about how powerful the sun is in sanitizing this, and that's really good news. Think of all the door fixtures that get hit by the sun every day. Instead of telling us that, they're obsessing about this, uh, what the president said. It's just ludicrous. It's, it's, I find it offensive. They just play us for fools. I just find it so offensive. Never mind what's important. Never mind the announcement, this important study that was done. Never mind that. Let's just ridicule the president. That's what's... I just spent 10 minutes trying to find the results. Couldn't find it because all you can find online is one news outlet after another ridiculing the president. You have to f find the whole YouTube. I, I believe they have it at the White House site. You'd have to watch the whole okay, thing again. Okay, I'll but, go there. But, uh, yeah, White House. Well, of course, that doesn't come up because Google's determined that they're not a good source of information. <laughs> right, they'll direct and you elsewhere. You, <laughs> right, even if you type in the task force, it does not come up to link you on the first set of links to that task force, or the White House, which is, to me, very damning on Google's part. I wanted to also say about the, um, the masks, that you were very uh, succinct and correct, Mark. I was so proud of you. I was walking to the phone when you answered that <laughs> gentleman, and so I said, fair enough. That's right. In the hospital, those N95 and even more sophisticated masks that people use are meant as two-way protection. But these masks, these cloth homemade masks that we make, are not of that level of uh, protection because they're porous. The holes are too big. The holes are much smaller because viruses are wee tiny little things, right? Mm -hmm. But if you spit, cough, or sneeze, you might actually see stuff flying through the air. So <clears throat> what those, the masks that we're being asked to wear are to stop the the droplets. But the good news is that even when those droplets, if you had watched the conference yesterday, even if you do cough or sneeze or stand in public and breathe, God forbid, those droplets are killed very quickly by the sun. And that's wonderful mm. news. Wonderful news. It makes me wonder about um, back when they were showing the film of them fighting it in China and Wunan, and they had all those totally uh, like space-suited-up people, and they were spraying what appeared to be disinfectant on all the walkways and roadways. Mm -hmm. So maybe that wasn't actually necessary, because within minutes, the virus was already killed by the sun. A little bit of and vitamin is, D. 
Well, the doc, it was interesting, I thought, because people probably don't know that all, we know, we already know long before this that ultraviolet light kills bacteria um, and it kills viruses. And why is that important? Well, because in hospitals, they use ultraviolet light now to sanitize rooms. Instead of sending the housekeeping in there to try to wipe down every surface with some toxic substance, they put a machine in there. And in fact, I remember the Daily Item running a story about this some years ago, um, about how some of the local hospitals were using ultraviolet light to sanitize. So what this uh, group found isn't surprising. It's just really good news that... Uh, that when the summer comes and that sun is shining, it's actually helping to fight the uh, the whole problem. And isn't that great? It's going to help fight the outbreak. But we're never going to read about it. <laughs> it's not even on Fox News. I looked it up uh, to try to see what their take was on this, but they didn't have anything about it. Right. I, I don't. Uh, well, I do understand now, and it's just it just makes me shake my head. But, you know, uh, people should really... <laughs> He really, I know you say, oh, my God, how terrible is it? It's really not that terrible. It's fascinating, actually, to watch these press conferences as far as I'm concerned. Most fascinating thing is this, where, where they're perennially criticizing and raising the alarm. Maybe two of the reporters wear masks, and mm. all the rest are sitting there without them. Mm. And I think it's about vanity. They, they know they'll be shown on television when they ask their question, and they want to be sure that you know that it's them. So they're not, they're not the least bit concerned about their own safety or in any way concerned about the people around them, and they're defying the order. And yet at the same time, these people eat President Trump for lunch because he isn't wearing a mask. Do they I get mean, the tested? Hypocrisy of it. Do reporters get tested? Yeah, okay, they, they do. do. So they I know they have the fast test there. So I guess they're doing that. Thank you so much, Cindy. Appreciate your help. Thanks for all your insights this whole week. So we're glad for that. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Time for another quickie break. The email in basket is empty. So if you have any thoughts about anything, whether this it's we just talked about the media really missing the boat on something important yesterday day because they had an opportunity to focus on <laughs> which day which week the which president which year <laughs> well this is this is pretty glaring but uh, 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 we invite you to call us 1-800-795-9565 is uh, are the three open lines nope now there's two so <laughs> hurry up and those will probably be the last callers of the day potentially sunshine laws sunshine laws. oh yeah Why sunshine laws. these are the other sunshine laws uh, 1-800-795-9565 email <laughs> us at on the market and do do what no one has done today. Text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. we got some callers lined up. Uh, we're going to start out with uh, Mike, who's on the Mark. Good morning, sir. You're on the Mark. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I, I like to watch MSNBC and, and uh, CNN uh, quite a bit just to see what they're talking about. And to me, when I watch the president stand in front of those press corps, and I mean, I enjoy that he takes questions from them, and he takes, you know, numerous follow-up questions. You know, I remember Barack Obama, he would have a press conference, and he'd filibuster each, each question so that he'd only have to take five questions during the whole darn thing. So I give, I give Trump credit for what he's doing, but the reality is, it, it, in my mind, it's, it's really not an accurate representation of our country to have a press corps that is so one-sided. It, it's almost like they're the DNC operatives that are there you know, representing Joe Biden. So that said, that, that's where I stand on that. And then the other thing is we're, we're, we're starting to hear uh, the media talk about the United States not being the you know, predominant country in the world. You know, we're, we're going to lose our, our, our status because of this. And, and to me, you know, that'd be like a football, a football coach coming out and saying, well, you know, we've had a pretty good season, you know, but we're not expecting to go too far in the playoffs this year. You know, we're hoping to maybe get a, a better draft pick next year. To me, it's just, it, it's just not the way I want to see my country run. So right now what I'm doing is I'm sitting here and I'm thinking the year is 2039, and the coronial generation of babies have grown up and they're uh, heading out to either college or the work world and these coronial babies are uh, being conceived now i'm just trying to to picture the world what it's going to be like in 18 years what, you guys have any uh, opinions well we'll have about a better worse we'll have a hundred trillion dollars in national debt because we're spending money like it grows on trees down in washington yeah, so that'll gonna, be the first thing we're going to charge china so we'll have money there. But you know, look 18 years ago, and look 18 years ago before that. So walk through the 80s, 90s, and you know into this uh, new century, and you can see the differences on things. One thing is, don't be surprised. There's been since uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall and, and really the Soviet Union, you've seen uh, people uh, pretty much on the left of the progressives talk about, is it fair that America is the only superpower? Uh, this and that. And you know, the globalists want the United States to be quote unquote uh, just part of the uh, of the world, not the superpower in the world. In the United States, if there's a country through world history that has done more to promote peace, to promote freedom, uh, misguided at times, uh, but uh, you don't see China and Russia out uh, building democracies and building freedom for not only their people, but for their so-called allies. So, uh, again, yeah, it's sad that there's people within the United States. I think I remember a bumper sticker in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, people put America, love it or leave it. Well, that's a little extreme. You should be able to, to protest and have your opinion. But at some point, especially when uh, you got the uh, Democratic Party, I think Hillary Clinton was part of this, who talked about the Republicans as an enemy in a way that ISIS and some of the militants were less than an enemy than the Republicans. It seems strange, and, and that's been a narrative that has, has run through uh, uh, recently in the last 
30 years. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling in. I got to I got to take the next caller. I got to take the next caller. Got to take the next caller. All right. Uh, it's a big problem like this. Decisions have to be made quickly. You can't analyze hundreds of thousands of businesses to see how all situations work. Good job by a great governor. Eight more years, says uh, Tom. Well, he only gets yeah, three more Tom, years. Yeah, but, yeah, eight uh, more years. And, and believe me, there's a lot more work that could have went in the front end to help on the back end. And then make adjustments. Tell this man he's on the radio, please. Who's on the radio? Oh, Chris, boy, at the end of the show. Recap and tell us what we've done wrong. Oh, well, I would be nice if uh, the president stopped uh, doing and saying foolish things. It doesn't help, and it distracts. But as far as Sydney goes, uh, sunlight's always been considered a disinfectant. That's like not big news or anything or earth shaking. Well, this is a new virus though. We didn't know what it did to the the coronavirus until now. But on February 28th uh, or maybe 26th uh, the woman who was in charge of making, doing press jobs for the CDC correctly predicted what was going to happen. And she was fired for it, or removed from her position to another one. And that's how we got the the Labrapoodle guy and breeder in, who has no medical background. And is, he says he has an uncle who was a doctor, and he learned a lot from him. And that's who you're putting in charge of co- coordinating statements for the, for the coronavirus situation. And the first thing he did was cancel CDC's uh, press conferences or briefings, which takes it, and he's then, then he's brought it into the medical realm. And then he recommends... Okay, you got 30 seconds uh, left. Uh, 30 seconds. Drugs, and that has the effect in South Dakota. The governor there had a big outbreak. And she said she was going to put her money, not into fixing that, but into starting a test for chloral hydrate stuff. I Is mean, that a processing it has plant? bad effects. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Chris. Appreciate your conclusions. Yeah, tell, tell the bad effects to the house rep in uh, Detroit, the state house rep. Thank you so much, Ben. We'll see yep, you in a have week. Have a good weekend. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury, 10 a.m.